welcome back. You land on the 3% podcast. We are on episode number seven. If you've liked what you've seen so far, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel below and make sure to follow us on Instagram so you're the first person to know whenever we upload new videos and new content. So I'm Dr. Tasani Watson. Hi, I'm Dr. Rochelle Sharkey. Dr. Cortez Lewis. And Dr. Adesola Fidei. So we're the 3% and today we're gonna to be talking about part two of our debt series. We're gonna be talking about who's paid off their loans. Some of us have paid them off in full. Some of us are planning on possibly, you know, taking them to the grave. And some of us fall somewhere in between. And then how we did it. So what our loan repayment strategies were and just getting a little bit into more of that. So for me personally, I'm not one of the lucky ones who have already paid off my loans, unfortunately but I have paid off a significant amount of them and it's because of a couple of reasons. One, right after graduation, I made sure to pay off a lot of the interest prior to capitalization. So capitalization is something that happens, I think within the first three to six months of you having your loans, right after you graduate, you're gonna have to look up with your specific loan service provider, but it'll definitely show you. So when you first graduate, um, there is the interest, from your loans, the interest that has accrued throughout your time in school, and then there is your principal. So during that time before they capitalize, you can pay onto your interest, it's just your interest, or you can pay onto your principal. After they capitalize, the interest gets added to your principal, and then that gains more interest. Yes, your interest gains more interest which makes it very, very hard to pay off your principal because as you're trying to pay money every single month, you're just paying off the interest that has accrued on the interest that accrued when you were in school. I hope you guys are following me. I know that was a lot. But the purpose of paying your loans off or just paying off the interest of 40 capitalizes is that that interest will not gain interest. I know before mine capitalized, I paid off like, 10 grand worth of interest because I wanted to make sure that the interest didn't gain more interest, which would just make it a lot more challenging for me to pay off my loans. I just felt like all of my paychecks when I first graduated, they just went directly to my loans. Like I paid my rent and then I paid the interest. I was just putting like three grand here, four grand here, five grand here. Like it was really hard and I felt really strange that all of my money that I thought that I was gonna be able to have and enjoy and live this life as a doctor was now going to pay off my loans. And I just felt like it was a never ending money pit. But once capitalization started, I was really happy that I paid down a lot of that interest because then I was able to actually start to hit the principal when I started making my loan payments after capitalization. So that was a bonus. I also picked the 25 year loan repayment strategy. When you graduate, you get to pick multiple options on how to pay back your loans. You can pay back your loans based off of your salary. That goes up pay as you earn, I believe. You can pay it off on a 10 year plan, a 25 year plan, and some other loan repayment plans. Just check with your loan service provider and what is available to you. I picked the 25 year plan because it gave me a loan repayment that I felt was manageable i'll just be transparent my repayment monthly required contribution was fifteen hundred dollars and that was to make me pay off my loans in 25 years 
That is a lot of money, okay? But the 10-year loan repayment plan for me was $2,500. So I just felt like I couldn't afford to pay $2,500 every month. I didn't want to commit to paying $2,500 a month, even if I could afford to do it. So I chose the plan that it was still a relatively high payment to me, but it was something I knew that I could manage and still afford to live a relatively comfortable life without feeling I was sacrificing too much. With that being said, I still paid off a lot of money, a lot more than $1,500 per month. I still feel like I was putting like three to $4,000 onto my loans every month, but I felt more comfortable because it wasn't something that I had to do. It was never something that was required for me to do. I could always go back and just pay the $1,500 a month if that's something that I felt like I wanted to do and I didn't feel comfortable putting the extra money down. Another bonus was that if I did pay a lot of money or extra money per month, then the next month's payment was quote unquote zero. Like my balance would be zero. And that kind of just made me feel happy. I was like, oh, that's nothing I have to really worry about but I still put it on auto draft so that I know that every month that money was still coming out of my account so that I would never forget and I would never become delinquent or have any issues with my credit regarding my loans. I also had some financial support from my parents towards my loans, which I'm very thankful for. Um, my parents did help pay off um, one of my loan categories, which was a huge relief. I remember I who bawled and cried like thank you so much like I didn't realize how crippling it could feel to just feel like you're paying all this money every month like I said I was paying three to four thousand dollars every month and I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere like my interest might be like five to six hundred dollars per month even though I already paid them off in capitalization so I was very thankful for that I also tried to save money while paying off my loans because as y'all know or don't know out of the four of us i'm only did a residency but i did work for a year prior to doing residency so it allowed me to feel financially comfortable to take a significant pay cut during my residency i also was able to put my loans in deferment during residency so that was one less thing for me to worry about so now i can say thankfully i have paid off let's see three out of the four loans that I had, I'm um, out of school. They broke down my loans into four different categories. I don't really know how they did that or how they picked it out, but it was four different categories, four different interest rates, which was extremely annoying. Um, but I paid off one of those four. I've almost paid off another one. I think I have like $5,000 left in the second one. And the other two are still, you know, relatively high. So I'm about a hundred and twenty thousand dollars left to go but i started at 250 so i'm pretty proud of myself that i've done that in about three years but some of my other colleagues are completely done so i'm going to now hand it over to dr lewis and he's going to tell you about his strategies so before i begin i would like to say that anything i say on this particular episode <laughs> is by no means a brag by the way, at this time of my life, it's just, it's literally just the lifestyle and the way I do my finances. But, uh, so it may be a little bit of a brag, but nothing big. <laughs> but anyhow, um, I am debt-free. 
I paid off all of my loans, school loans, anything you can think about. If you went to car notes, I have no car payments. I own all of my cars. I have no credit card payments. So I'm completely debt free. I do have a mortgage that I pay, but everybody has to live somewhere. So to premise that my situation is very different and very unique than anybody else's situation. So if you were to hit me up or contact me and say, hey, how did you pay off your loan so fast? What did you do? It's so different and diverse that I couldn't really give you a strategy because I didn't go that route. So I was blessed enough, and I will say some blessings in life come at the expense of tragedies. Sometimes you have to make certain sacrifices that other people may not have had to make in their life. So looking at me on the surface, you're like, hi, gun ho, how'd you do it? But if you knew my story, you, you would feel a little bit different. So at the end of the day, uh, yes, when I was in school, finishing up at Nova Southeastern University, with my undergrad and my graduate loans, I accumulated $330,000 of debt. In addition to that, my wife had $100,000 of debt. So we're talking a grand total of $430,000 of student loan debt, uh, which is a lot. So being blessed with that large lump sum of money um, is tricky because you, you get that money in your account and you've never had this amount of money in your life. And, and it feels good to, to look at your account daily and be like, wow, that's me. But at the same time, I knew I had 430K of cumulative debt of loans that was accumulating interest throughout, throughout my life. By the day, by the week, it was accumulating a lot of interest. So even though you know I had this loan sum of money, and it, it's to the point where I would actually, I would go to the bank uh, and I will go to do a, a withdrawal, just, just some cash for the day. And instead of me going to the ATM, I will go inside of the branch, stand in a long line, just to withdraw $10, $20, just for the teller to say, oh, uh, Mr. Lewis, uh, did you know you qualified for the executive business account? Did you know uh, you had this kind of benefits, this, that, and the third? Oh, let me let you talk to a, a, an investor and see if we can use your money to invest somewhere else. So for me, I'm like, no, nah, I just want to withdraw that $10. But it just felt good to, you know, because it's not expected for me to have that type of money in my account. So, but it was all a facade. What I mean by that is that I had this grand amount of money, but I had 430K in debt. And what are you looking at? So I did, I reached out to my financial advisor, James Phillips. He's great. I love him. Uh, and, and I knew what he would say, but I reached out to him and I asked, hey, man, I have this amount of money. I have this much debt. What should I do? And I would say the conversation was very brief. He told me right off the bat, hey, pay off your loans. And at the time, I was paying on my loans maybe the minimum. I wasn't doing anything grand. I was paying maybe $1,500, 2K a month, but the majority, two-thirds of that was interest. So he was like, how would you like it if I came to your house every month and I'd take $1,500 from you and walk out the door. He's like, how would you like that? I said, yeah, nobody would like that. You know, and he's like, that's the way you have to think about it. He said, yes, you have this large amount of money. It's good to look at that. But every month they're getting the capital. They're getting the interest off you every month. So it's really not, you're, you're not debt free. In fact, you're losing money instead of gaining money. So I did make the decision to pay off all of my loans mine as well as my wife pay off all of my debt. So I will say it's a very freeing experience. I actually paid them off this year, March the 12th, 2020, right before the pandemic hit. So for me, 
and the way I live life now, I like to live well below my means. Even though I can, I can live lavish, I can do different things with an optometry salary, being debt-free frees up a lot of my, I have to go to work. I have to work six, seven days a week because I don't. For me, I'm happy with four days a week. Sometimes I'll do two to three days a week. So for me, it's just what do I need to live the lifestyle I want to live and not having to pay someone a car note every month pay someone interest on a loan every month. Those things were big for me. So now I don't have those stresses. So moving forward, I would say, hey, you know, I did make a lot of mistakes because yes, that's a lot of debt, but a lot of that was me taking out the max amount of loans every time it was offered to me. You know, just in case I needed the extra money while I was living in South Florida, maybe I can go out and eat. Hey, maybe I can go out and party utilities, bills, rent. So you're getting all this money taken out and you're not thinking like, hey, you got to pay that back. But when you're living in the moment, you're just trying to survive. So if I were to go back in retrospect, I would say I wouldn't, I wouldn't have taken out nearly as much loans as we did. In fact, I'll say that my wife, she actually went undergrad as well as her graduate program through Nova Southeastern completely paid for and so can you tell me how we racked up 100K under her name because they were giving her the max and we were taking it out to live? It, it was nonsense. So at the end of the day, yes, there was a, a large amount of loan that we paid off and thank God we were able to pay it off. But at the same time, we shouldn't have accumulated that much. It was a lot of wasteful things going on back in that time. So looking back and looking where I am today, I'm like, man, my net worth could be more if I didn't squander that money off. So paying all that interest each month for me, it just wasn't worth it. So the position I am in now, it makes me very flexible. I can now invest that interest money I was giving away, stack it up, build my account up. And when something comes along that I want to invest in real estate, stocks, bonds, different things like that, whatever's profitable. Now I have that reserve built up and it's not really hurting me. So um, everybody has their different take. This is what worked for me. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and pass it on to my sister, Rochelle, and let her tell you how she did things. All right. So to piggyback off of what Cortez said, yes, only borrow what you need because you're going to be left with all this extra interest, extra money that you're going to have to pay in the end. You know, I had classmates that took out extra money just to go on a trip overseas. So, you know, you look at certain things like that, you really have to put that in mind is, is this really going to be worth it in the long run? And so for me, I was very budget conscious. I'm a tourist. So for me, I'm a very practical person. And my dad is also a very practical person. He's very much instilled in me as far as being very budget friendly. So for me, you know, going through school, I wish I was able to put, you know, money down on my principal. But, you know, things didn't happen that way. Um, however, when I did get out of school, I graduated with 230000 in student loan debt. Um, for me, you know, my situation, like I said in the last episode, is way different from everyone else. And I will say this. If you have the opportunity to stay at home with your parents, please stay at home with your parents because in the long run, two, three, four, five years is not going to really be as huge of an issue in the long run if you can pay as much money down as you can. I have now been practicing for three years. I was on a five-year budget um, of paying my student loans off, and that would be working five and six-day weeks and paying at least 4000 
each month and then paying a little bit extra. And I chose the route of paying extra on my higher interest loans. So for me, um, the whole aspect of paying back, definitely living with your parents is, is actually a really good thing if you have the ability to do it. Because not only was I able to take a good lump sum of my money and put it towards my loans, I was also to be able to have other money where I could still have a life and do other things outside of my job. And for me, yeah, I worked, I'm working a lot more because I'm not trying to pay on my loans for the rest of my life. So instead of me now going from a five-year plan, I've been able to get down to a three-year plan and I'll be done paying in two more months. If I wanted with everything going on with COVID, I could go ahead and pay it now, but your girl's like, hey, this is forbearance stuff. I'm going to take advantage of it, hold on to my money for a little bit until I know the deadline's coming up. And, you know, some people are like, uh, well, what about the whole student loan forgiveness and all that? I don't bank on student loan forgiveness. I'm one of those people like, I don't think it's coming anytime soon, so I'm just going to pay my money and get it done. So, you know, for me, staying at home has definitely reaped its benefits. You know, having um, the opportunity to be in a commercial setting can make a lot more money. And that was my biggest thing with why I chose the commercial route. You know, you get good bonuses. You're able to refer people and get the same type of bonuses. And, you know, you can use the extra money to throw into your student loan payments. And for me, you know, being able to do that from going from four to 5,000, I was paying on a month, I can throw in a 6,000 payment when I want to. So this sounds like a lot, but you know, and I'm still able to live my life. And part of that has to do with being at home. And you know, you have to really just stay motivated. When you first start paying on your student loans in the beginning, it may seem very much overwhelming, but you know, when you get into the, you know, processes, just doing it and just getting in, into that mode of, okay, every payment, every, every check I get is, I'm going to put 2000 towards this. And the next check, I'm going to put 4000 towards this. If you keep that same mentality throughout that, you will see these loans just trickle down as quick as possible. And that was kind of my motivation to do it is, you know, the quicker I do this, the easier it will be in the long run because I will be done a lot faster than I even imagined. So I took the route of making early sacrifices for a long end return. Um, me doing this three years instead of five years, it really has had a huge benefit where now I'll be able to enjoy all my money at the end of the day. And that's something, you know, coming from not having a family yet and all that, I'm in a great position where I can start doing investments and all that. So I'm definitely now on a track of where can I put my money now? I'm, I'm started in the stock market. I'm looking to get into real estate now. So, you know, making those sacrifices early now, I can transition my money into other avenues. So, um, yeah, guys, so I'm going to probably take the, the path of, of, that that's least traveled with this one, guys. My my perspective is gonna be very uh controversial, but I'm gonna go to the grave with these dang old loans. I'm not paying these loans back, right? So I'll start by saying this. What everybody said today has shown you four unique experience, different experiences on how they're tackling their loans, right? I'm gonna give you mine. Mine is I I I, I do not want to pay back these 
particular loans. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. What it really boils down to for me is I'm very much so debt tolerant. Like, I really, I can tolerate debt. When I think of debt, it really doesn't bother me too, too much. Now, some people are not like me, okay? If you are very debt intolerant, I mean, you can't tolerate debt. Listen, please pay off your loans as fast as possible. Do not wait. Take care of them. Be done. Get that monkey off your back and go live your life. Now, if you're more like me and you're a little bit more riskier, uh, this particular method and these numbers may make a little bit more sense to you. So the way it worked out for me, guys, is this way. I had two things that coming out of school I needed to accomplish. One, I was trying to figure out how I don't pay these loans off, or if I do pay, it's going to be the most minimal amount that I got to pay. And two, how do I start to generate generational wealth um, for me and my family through acquiring assets? Because I didn't have five to 10, 15 years to struggle to pay off my student loans and then try to make moves in, in investing for my family and for my future. I, I just, I couldn't do that, right? So for me, this is how I got into the multifamily real estate investing, right? What it does for me, guys, it does four main things for me. I'll buy a particular property, and these four things I'm gonna give you, these are things that I don't have time to really go into in detail, but you can look it up on Google or you can hit the DM, and I can give you a little bit more information later. But one, number one, these particular properties, I can claim a homestead deduction on my taxes on. Two, I can claim the depreciation on the properties. Like I said, if you don't know what this is, you gotta look this stuff up. These are tax breaks. Three, the property is gonna appreciate over time. This means that due to inflation, it's gonna go up in value. So in 15, 20 years, when I look at the, the, the comps in, of, of the property, it's going to be worth an extra, depending on the location in the market, an extra 50 to 100 grand just depends. It just depends. That's just naturally how it's going to naturally work. And number four, which is definitely the most important thing in this whole reason why I'm even doing this is because it cash flows. Around here, cash flow is king. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Cash flow is king. It's because of that cash flow that gives me the freedom to do the things that I'm talking about. This is how it works. I'll buy a particular property. It'll be cash flow positive. I'll use that cash flow to pay off my student loan. Let's put some numbers to it to make it make a little bit more sense. I buy a property. Let's say the mortgage on that particular property is $1,900 a month. Matter of fact, I'm gonna give you the exact, my exact example so you know we're going there already. I'm being very transparent, giving you the, give me, I'm giving you my real situation. Got a property. I currently own 15 units, by the way, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna talk about this particular property right here. The mortgage note on that particular property is $1,900 a month. The income that property produces per month is about $3,000. What's the difference between those two numbers? It's about 1100, right? So I've got 1100 cash flow per month that I get from that particular property. Now, how much is my school loan? My school loan for me is about $1,000. That's how much I pay because I signed up to pay the minimal amount, right? I told you on the beginning, I said, how do I pay this? I'm not trying to, listen, I'm not trying to pay nothing. How, what's the smallest amount I can pay? 
and I got down to a thousand because I got around, you know, about 300 as well. So I said, okay, so if you look at how much I got in cash flow positivity, which is about 1100, that definitely takes care of the thousand dollar note that I got to pay for my student loans. And then the leftover I can use to pay for the expenses, the water, the trash, the lawn, or whatever I need to pay for, because depending on the property, you, know, you got to cover those things as well. So you see that with that, with, with that particular cash flow, I'm able to do all these types of things. So now watch this. I didn't really pay for my student loan. The tenants paid for my student loan. I didn't pay the mortgage on the property. The tenants paid the mortgage on the property. See, I, they paid me to own the property. See, I make the initial investment, yes, but I use leverage through the tenants paying me monthly through cash flow to now build generational wealth. So they're paying me now to own the property. I no longer pay for the property. They pay me. So now I get all the tax benefits. I now have something that's going to take care of me and my kids in the future, my family, right? All because I, I looked at it this way, right? So for me, now that I have got my cash flow in this particular place, and now that I can use it to cover all these different things, now my earned income, I can use that to do what? I can do whatever I want to do with it, to be honest. But I can use it to either pay off the properties faster. I can put more of the money that I've earned. I can put that into the loans if I wanted to, or I can use that to buy more properties, which is what I've done. I've taken the earned income that I've had to say, you know what? The game is, or the trick is to multiply that process, to get more properties that you'll be able to cash flow positive from and use those cash, use that cash flow to really do whatever you want to do, but you can use them to pay the properties off faster or use them to acquire more properties. And that's the reason why I'm comfortable saying, yeah, I'll, I'll die with them. Because in reality, I know that I'm not gonna really gonna die with them because at some point they're gonna get paid off. I just ain't the one that's gonna pay them. You dig what I'm saying? And let's just say in the next 15, 20 years, I do gotta pay these loans off. Well, guess what? In the next 15, 20 years, it doesn't matter how much the amount is, I'll have one of these multiple properties that I own. One of them will be paid off. You dig what I'm saying? And I'll just be able to sell that, use that, how much I sold it for, and just use that to pay off the, pay, pay off the rest, just in case I'm tired of having that monkey on my back. But, but I still didn't pay for it myself. You dig what I'm saying? So for me, if you have that particular perspective, this, this, this seems like a, like a win-win. And I'm also you know, maybe a little different from Rochelle, because I do believe that, you know, they're going to come through with this forgiveness plan. But if they don't, I'm still very much so insulated. So I ain't worried about it. But this particular thing is very complex. It's not as simple as I'm making it seem. There's a lot that goes into it. And, and you know, but, but, but although it's a calculated risk, you got to put some work in. So I, I don't know how y'all take that. If you think it's controversial, you think it makes sense, leave some comments below at the bottom. Let me read them. Let me see them. If you want to hit me up on the side, hit me up. If you think I'm crazy, let me know. If you think I don't know what I'm talking about, let me know. Uh, all I'll say is, so far, so good.
And this, and this is also a quick disclaimer as well, because I know some of you guys are thinking like, man, how are you doing all this stuff? How are you doing all this? Well, the trick is also, my wife is also a doctor as well. She's also a doctor. Exactly how we met was in school. So, so it does make things a lot easier. It can make things a lot quicker when you have somebody bringing the same bag we bring to the table. So, so, uh, so, just, so, just so you guys know, know not, not doing, doing it by myself, myself my wife, wife also helps, helps me uh, make, make this dream of reality. Hey, there it is, man. <laughs> I would say that, hey, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So, my brother's taking that risky, risky route. But I believe, I actually do like his perspective. I appreciate his perspective because it's very different and it's not traditional. But I do believe that it can work. It just wasn't the route that I decided to take. You know, and one thing I'll say, too, in addition to that, too, if you really want me to put y'all up on another piece of uh, 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 knowledge, equity, and some game, I'm going to put y'all on something else. So what, what the real game is now is to leverage short-term rentals. So now we leverage Airbnb. So now if you have a four-unit four property, uh, five, whatever, six-unit, eight-unit, whatever, you'll take one, two, three, or four, or all of them, and you'll make them all into short-term rentals, Airbnbs, whatever. Now you will double the amount that you would have made from a traditional renter. And now you have more uh, of that property's ability to, to generate more. The potential of that particular property now can be double or triple or whatever it was originally when you were just trying to you know, rent it out traditionally. You see what I'm saying? So now you have the ability to make so much more money by using those methods. And now you can either pay off those properties even faster, even faster, or you can take that excess money, that extra cash flow, and use it to do whatever the hell you want to do with it. The fact of the matter is, cash flow is king. You did what I'm saying. Hey, that is, man. I just had a, I just had an Airbnb guest check in like literally 20 minutes ago. So the Airbnb, I have my own as well, detached from my house, private, and people love it. And it, and it cash flows very well. So I would definitely recommend if you can do an Airbnb and it's, and you're in a good area, it's going to do numbers. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Sola. Like for me, like I always tell them, different strokes for different folks. So what Sola's doing and has been doing from the get go, that's now what I'm planning on doing. So yeah, he's kind of you know ahead of the game with me, and I will be looking out for some tips from you. So you know, I'll be hitting my boy up. But at the end it's of the day, all good. I, I, I'll give you a little, little discount. I'll give you a discount. <laughs> <laughs> with you today but you know you really have to keep that in mind for yourself do you want to go the route that I did and pay a bunch of money in three years and then you could do whatever and still do what soul is doing or do you want to take this longer route you have to decide that for yourself so yeah I think Sola mentioned a really good point and I think all of our experiences kind of point towards our personalities too so he mentioned like he's really debt tolerant, right? I'm really not. Like me knowing that I have like so much student loan debt, that bothers me. I like to know that I'm making a big dent in it and that it's gonna be gone soon. For Rochelle, same thing. Like she wanted to make sure that it was gone so that once she's debt free, then she can invest the money that she has and enjoy the money that she has because we aren't very debt tolerant. Um, I'll say I'm a little bit risk averse. So I I also do invest, but even with my financial advisor, he'll ask, like, are you risk adverse? Do you want to take more chances on some like high yield, but also high risk stocks? Or do you want to go more towards in the middle? And 
I'm always going to head right around the middle because I don't like to really play with my money, but this has to go with your own personality. So when it comes to paying off your loans, like when you think about it, are you debt tolerant? Are you debt intolerant? Do you have options? Can you live at home? Do you want to live at home if you can? Take that risk, save that money. If you have some type of unfortunate or unforeseen event or a really lucky event and you land on some lump sum of money, it's really great to look at it in your bank account, but get rid of them loans so then you can enjoy that lump sum of money. Or if you plan on taking the loans to the grave, like my friend over here, taking them to the grave, you're really debt tolerant, you're financially literate, you're good at real estate, you know how to make your money work for you so that you don't have to actually pay off your loans. Someone else is paying off your loans and you know how to do that effectively and efficiently and you are willing to know that you're probably going to go into more debt before you make more money, do that. But all these strategies have to do with what works best for you, what will make sure that you are not up at night, what will make sure that your credit score stays high, what will make sure that you do not go into delinquency or have any other kind of issues. So I hope that you guys learned a lot. This is a pretty good episode. If you have any questions regarding how we paid off our debt, our loan payment strategies, or just questions in general about what you want to hear in our next episode. If you want to hear more about our debt strategies, let us know. Leave some comments on our IG page. Leave some comments on our YouTube page. And we're looking forward to seeing you in our next episode. All right. Bye, y'all. Peace. Peace.